Welcome into the His and Hers podcast. I'm Zach Bennett alongside my sister Paige. And today we have the last of the division previews and maybe the worst. The AFC South. <laughs> this division includes Indianapolis Colts, the Tennessee Titans, the Houston Texans, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going to dive into the highs and lows of each team, the predictions of where they're going to finish, and what the chances of the teams making the playoffs. Join us in for the conversation. Let us know what you think on this episode of His and Hers. All right. Thank you for tuning in again. Uh, AFC South Divisional Preview, the last one that we're, uh, we're going to finish up here. And the AFC South is a very interesting, interesting division. It, it had the number one seeded Tennessee Titans in it last year. And then the rest of the division, no one made the playoffs. And there were some pretty low moments for both of the franchises. So in going into 2022, it is rated by most sports books as the uh, the worst division in football. They think that the Colton's Titans will win around nine to 10 games and that the Jaguars and Texans, the Jaguars will finish somewhere below six and a half and the Texans will finish anywhere between four to three. So right now the odds sitting at the, the Indianapolis Colts minus 130. So they've bumped into the favorites, the Tennessee Titans at plus 175, the Jacksonville Jaguars at 750, and then the Houston Texans at plus 3,000. So obviously the Colts, uh, well actually let's start with the bottom. Who is your prediction, Paige, um, to uh, finish at the bottom. The past two division winners have been the Colts. It was obviously ran by, not the Colts, by the Titans the last couple of years. They've been the division winners, and the Colts have been the only team kind of pushing them, making it competitive. Before then, the Texans won it four straight years back in their kind of glory days with a myriad of different quarterbacks, and then Deshaun Watson the last couple of years until they lost a few key pieces. But going into 2022, who is going to be the worst team in the AFC South? Uh, no question, the Houston Texans for me. Oh, okay. Um, I think I'm that not a Davis Mills believer. Not a Davis Mills believer. Um, I just think that the fiasco with Deshaun Watson, the whole exiting of that. Um, I just think that this is if there is a team that is in complete rebuild mode, to me, it is the Houston Texans this year. Um, I just think that it's not going to look great for them. I think best case, they win six games um, and Smith is, he stays as head coach and they continue to build. Um, but the worst case, like, I just think that they're just going to just vomit all over the place. It's just going to be awful. And it's just going to clear up a lot of draft position and salary cap space for them. Um, and it'll just be a tank year where they'll be able to start building again in 2023. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there's not a lot of optimism. You know, I think Lovey Smith getting another chance coaching gig is really cool. Uh, but I don't think you could ask for a much worse situation. If you're a Texan fan, um, the best that you could hope for is that Davis Mills shows a lot of flashes. Like he showed a little bit last year. Um, you know, you got Brandon Cooks on that side of the ball. So some big plays, some big games and, and keeping things close. But even in your heart of hearts, if he shows a lot of promise, I mean, what is that promise really going to be? Um, you know, Ryan Tannehill level quarterback, which if you ask the Tennessee Titans, probably not what you're hoping for if you want to win a Super Bowl. So going to be a tough year. 
but they got a great quarterback draft coming up. At least that's what we sit here and think now. Uh, so I think as long as you don't blow up your chance at the one, one through three draft position and you have some fun games, I think you're happy if you're a Houston Texan fan. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think that the Texans did pick up, like they have some bright spots potential there on the rookie side that they picked up this last year, Kenyon Green, Damian Pierce. Um, and then same with like Derek Stingley and Jalen Petray. So I think that they have a couple where like they can't like, oh, like, well, they'll start seeing some things from a few players, but I don't think that it's going to be anything that is like incredible. I think it's just going to be glimmers of hope that the team can rebuild. Um, but to me, the Texans just have a broken roster and I just can't it's just going to be fun to watch these guys crash and burn all season long <laughs> yeah and i think really lovey smith the coordinator and pep hamilton i think pep hamilton will show that he's kind of a, a future head coach in the making has a lot of promise um hopefully he shows that throughout the year so third place i kind of go back and forth on this i do think the top three are going to be a lot closer than they think because my prediction is that the jackson jaguars take the next step and you see a big progression because Doug Peterson is an amazing coach, brought the Philadelphia Eagles their first championship. He's, I think he's going to lock parts of Trevor Lawrence's game, who was touted as the best QB prospect since Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning. And I think you're going to see that this year. So it's tough for me because I think the – I think the Colts are being hyped up a little bit too much personally. Agreed. So I think I could see the Colts falling into that third place in the division and the Jaguars up into second. But what do you think? I have, I have the Jack. I think that the Colts are getting a little too much love, but I do have them in that second spot simply because I do think that, I think that the best case for the Jaguars is that Lawrence plays at the kind of expected cadence that he had set at Clemson. Um, but I just don't know if he has the full team around him to continue carrying him forward. I think this, as you kind of mentioned um, in a previous episode, when we talked about Josh Allen, how those first few years were a little bit shaky for him. I think that we can still kind of expect a shaky year from Trevor Lawrence. I think it's going to be a, an improvement from last year, but I just don't think that he's going to be ready in those big games to make the big plays with the team that he has supporting him. Yeah, I think what the... <clears throat> The Jacksonville Jaguars did really good is obviously uh, they went out and got Christian Kirk and free agent Zay Jones from the Raiders. So they got a more established wide receiver uh, core for Trevor Lawrence. But then they also went in and drafted the Kentucky standout uh, Luke Fortnor, who by all accounts coming out of Jacksonville has had an amazing camp and is showing that he was well worth the worth the draft capital. So if you get that middle of your offensive line short up, they have some good pieces on the rest of that offensive line, and you just give um, Trevor Lawrence more confidence in his reads and the plays that he's making, I think you're going to see a big step in the right direction. So I do think they're going to finish third. I kind of want to flirt with the idea of putting up a little bit higher in the conference and potentially make it around the playoffs. But if you're a Jacksonville Jaguars fan and in your second year, of Trevor Lawrence, your first year in Doug Peterson, you're competing for the playoffs. That's a win. That's a plus, And you're moving in the right direction, particularly after how abysmal it seemed in the urban Meyer era in November, when it seemed like, what are we doing? This is probably one of the worst decisions we've ever made. Um, so I think, yeah, I think they're going to be third, but I wouldn't be surprised if they make a play for at least the second spot. So if you have the Jaguars at third, where are you putting the Colts at? Colts are coming in second for me. Okay. Um, I think that there's too much hype around the Colts. I think that they're kind of like the Trojan horse 
to me where I'm like, are we really putting this much money on Matt Ryan? Like, I don't think Matt Ryan is this good of a quarterback to think that he's going to change the Colts entire season around and they're going to be contenders this year. I just don't have that faith in him. Um, so, I mean, I think the Colts will be fine. I don't like dislike them, but I don't love them um, from a team, from a terms of a team. Um, obviously we've got uh, Frank Reich there who was to the Super Bowl when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles as the offensive coordinator. Um, I think that having him as an offensive minded head coach paired with Matt Ryan, I think it'll work fine. I like Matt Ryan, you know, he's a fine quarterback, but he's not insanely great. Um, and then last year, Indianapolis defense was ranked 16th. So about right in the middle of the pack. Um, so it'll be up now that they've got defensive coordinator Gus Bradley to help unlock a lot of the um, potential on his side of the ball. So I think that they do have some promising, but I think that the Colts could kind of be that team where it's like, oh, like, yeah, they'll be good this season. And then we end the season and they're like seven and 10 and we're like, okay, they weren't that good. Um, and so that's just kind of where I'm sitting with the Colts where I'm like, I'm not really bought into frankly, any of these teams in this division. I think that because this division is so bad, um, we'll see a lot of back and forth between all of these teams. Cause I think they all could beat each other. Yeah. I think, um, obviously with Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman and some of the talent they have on the offensive side of the ball, they have a great offensive line. I do think that this is the best position Matt Ryan has been in the last several years, probably since the 2017, 18 campaign with the Falcons. Um, but like you said, I just don't think, I think this will be a lot of like the Matt Ryan teams where they beat the teams they should, which are the teams, you know, probably lower them in the division and in the conference. Um, and if they end up making the playoffs because they, they have a little bit of a weaker schedule, I think they'll lose in the first round to some of those more superior teams. So if you're, a, you know, a coach going into, I think Frank Rice going into his fourth season, um, if you have an aging quarterback like Matt Ryan, losing in the first round really isn't, isn't much. You know, it's where they were when they had Phillip Rivers just a couple seasons ago. There's really not a lot of progress. And so you just kind of, you know, losing in the first round is different if you have a young 23-year-old quarterback that's his first taste of the postseason and you build from there. When you have a 30-plus-year quarterback who this is his second team, kind of on the later half of the career, it's kind of like a season that was for nothing. Um, you know, and they have some really exciting young pieces, but unless Frank Reich unlocks kind of like what Kyle Shanahan did for Matt Ryan in that MVP season back in 2016, I just don't see where this team really does much other than maybe, you know, squeaking out a playoff appearance and losing in the first round. I mean, that's just kind of, I, I, I put their ceiling at that because Matt Ryan is that level of quarterback where you could win enough games to get there but I don't think this team is really poised to make a deep playoff run in any manner. Yeah. I just think that it's, it's one of those times where it's disappointing because the Colts do have a pretty good roster on the offensive side to support them. But I think that that's the case of a lot of teams when you don't have a good, when you don't have that leader at the play call area, um, you're just not able to kind of do those Super Bowl needed winning examples for teams and so I think I mean we always think back to the Vikings but I even think back to the Vikings in their run with Case Keenum it's like they had a super exciting season but they couldn't make it to the, the Super Bowl because just you know Case Keenum is not a Super Bowl caliber quarterback and probably wasn't leading that team like it needed to be led and so 
I don't know. I think Matt Ryan is just a similar example to like a Ryan Tannehill where it's like, he's going to get things done. You're going to like see some good play. There's going to be some consistency, but it's not going to be enough to propel your team to be a contender for the title. I just won't ever understand why they made the trade for Matt Ryan, but they didn't trade for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, it's so confusing. I just think you look at where they're at in their career and your ups, like your, your probably floor is higher with Matt Ryan, but you can't tell me your ceilings not much, much higher in Baker Mayfield if you can unlock the most of them. And I think that they just were a little burnt from making that trade for Carson Wentz and eating up that salary and trading away assets that they didn't want to do it again on another kind of hot-headed quarterback. But I think they just misplayed their hand and they're just going to end up with a season that's kind of meh. Yeah. And uh, and that kind of falls kind of flat in their face a little bit. And a third one in a row where it's kind of a one and done season at their quarterback. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Colts continue to build. I believe Matt Ryan's a free agent at the end of this year. If I think this was the last year of the deal. So, and I mean, Mm -hmm. and and Atlanta's paying for almost his entire salary. So for the books and everything, they're getting a basically a free, you know, year in this thing, but kind of just a, in my opinion, a wasted chance to, to make a move with, like you said, a pretty, uh, competent roster. So obviously we have the Tennessee Titans up at the top, uh, the number one seed that suffered heartbreak uh, to the Cincinnati Bengals, who then went on to the Super Bowl. You don't get much better than the number one seed. So is this going to be kind of the year that trends downward for the Titans? I honestly don't think so. I think that the Titans are going to win this division. Um, a couple of reasons for that. One, the Titans have shown that they're a good team the past few seasons. Not a ton has changed on their roster. I think that we can trust that they'll be a pretty good team, especially the fact that we've got a healthy Derrick Henry, which they didn't have all of last regular season. Derrick Henry returned in the postseason. Um, and so I think that the addition of having him back, I think Ryan Tannehill, I think that he gets a lot more hate than I think is actually due to him. I mean, I think he's a fine quarterback. He can take hits. He can throw the ball. He can do some runs. He's obviously not a guy that's going to maybe propel you to the Super Bowl and win 100 Super Bowls for you. But I don't think that he's as bad as a quarterback as a lot of people like to lead people to believe. Obviously, his performance in the playoff game last year was not the best. And I can understand why people would be upset and be frustrated if you're a Titans fan to have a quarterback like Tannehill because he's not bad, but he's not good enough to help you win. And so you just have this like level of frustration with the guy. Um, But I think that we're going to see the Titans have a good season. I think that Derrick Henry is going to have a ton of yardage. I think that we're going to see a lot of excitement on the offensive side of the ball um and i think that we're gonna end this season kind of where they did last season and the season before where it's not like 13 wins but they'll win the division at about 10 maybe 11 wins if they're doing really well and they'll sneak in potentially win a playoff game and then be out i think it's going to be kind of a repeat of the last two seasons for the tennessee titans yeah i think it's interesting i think that um, obviously Mike Vrabel's brought a very, um, disciplined approach to that organization. I think he's a terrific coach and you saw kind of how their philosophy is going to be as an organization when AJ Brown, um, a, a, by all accounts, a great number one wide receiver of the last, you know, several years is approaching the end of his contract, wanting an, you know, an extension that makes him, you know, pretty significantly paid. 
Instead, they trade him off to the Eagles for a first round draft pick and draft Traylon Burks um, in the first round or second round, one of the two. Um, and it's just kind of interesting that instead of making that money, they said, you know what? I feel like this is replaceable because we have such a workhorse in Derrick Henry. We have a system that's in place that's going to make anyone successful. And they opted to go with the system as opposed to the individual. So I guess we'll see if that works out, you know, because A.J. Brown was a big game threat kind of down the field or, you know, yards after catch. So we'll see if that's going to affect their offense at all. But I'm with you. I think. You know, I think you got to go with what's proven, and what's proven is that Mike Rabel's a terrific coach. He's going to have him in the games. He makes the right decisions at the end of games, and he's going to put him in positions to win. Um, the very interesting thing is Malik Willis has looked really good in the preseason um, as a dual threat, running, throwing. You know, he is raw, but at what point, if your offense is kind of stagnant, if they're stacking the box against Derrick Henry, It'll be very interesting to see if that decision ever comes up to say, you know, because this is a coach that wasn't afraid to take Tannehill out and put it, not Tannehill, put Marcus Mariota, who was drafted number two overall just a few years prior and replace him with Tannehill. So you can't tell me that he's going to be afraid to take Tannehill, who has the largest cap hit in the NFL this year, and replace him with Malik Wills. If he thinks it's going to help him win the game, if he thinks that's what they need to do, he'll do it. He doesn't care about feelings. He doesn't care about who's getting paid what. He just wants to win football games. So if they get off to a slower start or if the offense is kind of slugging behind, I think that's something to keep your eye on to see, you know, if they're going to, you know, supplant and put in Malik Wills for for maybe packages or for extended periods to see what they have in him. Yeah, I love that call. I think that's the thing that we can both get behind is that for me, it comes a lot of this comes down to the coaching of this league, um, of this division specifically of how they're going to win. And I just think Fabril is the answer to for me a lot on this is that I just think that he, as you mentioned, he makes the right calls. He's a really fun coach to watch because I think that he takes a lot of risks that just are exciting to watch as a football fan, especially when you're not a, a Titans fan necessarily. Um, and so I just think that you go with Mike Fabril on this and you you can't kind of lose that bet most of the time. No, you'll be right a lot for sure. Um, any closing thoughts on the AFC South? No, I mean, probably the boringest division in football. Yeah. You know what? And could be very wrong. Could be yep. a great division. Could be the team, the sleeper team. Uh, the Jaguars are the, the new uh, Bengals this year. Who knows? I, it's always so funny when something like that, you know, the NFL, you know, every year, you know, I think we fail as people who watch the game to realize that at least four of the teams that made it the year before are going to fall out. Yeah. Um, and that was with the 16 format. I guess we'll see with the new 17, what that ends up being. But a lot of times it was definitely four, sometimes five to six different teams fell out and new ones came in. So who knows? You never really know. Um, does it happen very often where a team goes from three and 13 to the Super Bowl? No. But that's just what's crazy about the league is if you get the right pieces, you get the right belief, things just kind of build on top of each other. And like you said, they just kind of happen. So very interesting season. And we are just a few days away from the kickoff of the NFL season. Later this week, it's almost back. We'll have our Minnesota Vikings bias podcast talking specifically about their preview and what we as Vikings fans expect to see for the 2022 season. And then Friday we'll have our, um, so it'll come out Saturday. We'll have our recap of the Thursday night football game. 
and our outlook for week one, what we think the best games to look out for, the predictions for how that will stack out, and then um, kind of our predictions moving for the Super Bowl. We'll give our season-long predictions in that episode as well. So tune in for the rest of the week for more great content from his and hers. I'm Zach Bennett. Alongside Paige Bennett. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you guys later.